what I love about the character is that he's so shaped by loss. You know, he, he's lost his wife. He's lost his, his culture, his, his country, his identity. And I, and, and now he feels like he's losing his son. Like all the humor comes from that place of, I, I feel like I'm losing everything. And I see that with my mother. And this was, this, this was just such an opportunity to say the things that Sebastian says and, and tell her how much she means to me. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In this episode, a man is encouraged to bring his immigrant father on a weekend get-together with his fiancée and her wealthy family in director Laura Taruso's romantic comedy, About My Father. The eccentric gathering soon develops into a culture clash, allowing father and son to discover the true meaning of family. In addition to About My Father, Teruzo's other directorial credits include the films Work It, Good Girls Get High, and Fits and Starts, and episodes of the series Dickinson. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Teruzo spoke with director Paul Weitz about filming About My Father. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Thank you all for for watching and and uh, Laura, um, I I feel like this movie has a, a really good heart and um, uh, I think it's it is lovely and and I think it's partly due to you know, I know you <laughs> and uh, I can say both those things about you. Um, so, uh, what was when you were what was your connection to to this script when you, when you first read it or to the, to the characters in the story? So, um, I like that you're, uh, acting as though we, 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 you know, Paul has been my therapist for the last, uh, <laughs> two years. And, <laughs> and so not literally, yeah, um, uh, no, not, not literally, but, uh, in the business sense. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was finishing a movie called work it for Netflix and, uh, I got sent the script and, uh, I had, I had been in touch with you guys before, uh, you'd sent me something else that just wasn't quite a fit. And, um, my agent sent me the script and I read it and it was the first time in f four years of reading scripts that I was like, I have to direct this because it was, it felt like my story. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn. My mom is Sicilian. She immigrated in the 1960s, just like Sebastian's father. And when I read it on the page, it was just like my story. Um, I dated someone who lived in Greenwich, Connecticut. I mean, it just like it, it, the pieces aligned almost too well. And so um, I reached out to Andrew Miano, your your um, colleague, and I was like, Andrew, uh, 
I read, I read about my father. I, I want it. I want it bad. Well, you know, <laughs> and he's like, well, it's a competitive situation. We got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, interest and, you know, you, you're, you're the dark horse in the race. And he actually said that. And, uh, so the dark horse prepared a lot for that meeting. <laughs> and so we had a, a zoom. This was all during the pandemic. We, we, you know, we met initially on zoom uh, I guess it was, was it like August of 2020, something yeah. like that or May. Um, and, uh, I had, you know, I had dreamed up the entire vision for the movie. I talked about my personal connection, about my Sicilian mother. I talked about how I saw it, um, references. I talked about wardrobe, production design. I mean, every aspect of directing the film, I kind of made sure that you guys understood what my vision was that there was even like the the tennis scene where i i described how i saw it cuz on the page it didn't say you know and then bocelli music plays and i was like you know it's slow mo and then we start to hear the opening chords of conte partiro and and so it, i i really i really had such a clear vision for it and i wanted it so badly because it it felt so personal it felt like a I, I say often, this is the most personal slash universal film I, I probably will ever make. <laughs> um, and so um, that was kind of how, how I came to it. Oh, um, yeah, well, I remember that meeting. And, um, and also I remember that Sebastian was very, Sebastian Maniscalco was, was in that Zoom and uh, we were so happy that he also was, was really, he was like, oh, it has to be, has to be Laura. Um, that sort of connection that you have to the material. Um, do you feel like that's something that, um, that you touch base with at various times through the process? Um, and what percentage of it, if so, is a great thing to have that deep connection to it or care about it? And what percentage of it is painful? Well, you know, uh, I feel like it was there the whole time and in directing it, when I read it on the page, I knew it was going to attract a great actor because it reminded me of this script that I wrote with Michael Showalter, Hello, My Name is Doris, where it was like the character was so funny, but there was so much pain and kind of loss that was driving them. And so I, I knew it was going to attract someone great. I had no idea it would be Robert De Niro. Um, and then when uh, when when we were shooting, I really, so much of it was just intuitive in terms of, you know, how the camera, I knew I wanted to shoot it very formally, kind of like, a, um, you know, I was thinking about classic American cinema, like depression era comedy. Um, and I, cause I felt like that's, that's what was on the page. Um, but also, um, you know, there, there are moments in there, like, uh, the shot that tracks from the portrait to the family that's pulled directly from Sabrina. And, you know, there, there are all these, these moments. And, and so, um, but then when we were doing the more dramatic scenes and emotional scenes, it was all just that personal, you know, that, that connection with that character of, of Salvo and his, you know, this is, this is really like, what I love about the character is that he's so shaped by loss. You know, he, he's lost his wife. He's lost his, his 
culture, his his country, his identity, and I, and and now he feels like he's losing his son, and so it just seemed like all the humor comes from that place of I, I feel like I'm losing everything, and I see that with my mother, and so in a way, this whole film was sort of an exercise in empathy <laughs> for for my mom, who you know we've had our <laughs> clashes over the years. Um, you know, I came out at 21. It wasn't easy with a Sicilian mother. And, um, and this was, this, this was just such an opportunity to, um, say the things that Sebastian says and, and tell her how much she means to me. So I really made this film, you know, it's a love letter to my mom. And, um, that's, that's, that's who it's for. <laughs> and, um, and your mom as opposed to your, to your dad in that case. Well, yeah, because she she's an immigrant, yeah. you know. Um, and, and could you talk a little bit about the the process of of working with Bob, like from uh, from the first sort of conversation you had with him, and then through it. So um, my first conversation with Bob was also over Zoom. Uh, we sent him the script, and then two days later, my agent sends me a text like, "You're zooming with Robert." And I'm like, oh my God. And so I, you know, get myself all pumped up for the call. I like put on Eye of the Tiger and I'm like gearing up to to have this call. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) I get a call and they're like, he's got to push till tomorrow. And I'm like, so then (laughs) the next day, put on Eye of the Tiger again, gearing up. He's pushing another 15 minutes. I'm like, waiting. Eye of the Tiger. (laughs) And then I get on the Zoom and there he is. And he's just like on his couch casual, hanging out, just any old Tuesday. And I talked to him about my connection to the material and I kind of walked him through a sort of abbreviated version of that presentation that I did for, for you guys and Sebastian. And, um, he said, okay, uh, let's do a reading. So this is September of 2020. We're in the middle of lockdown. There haven't been vaccines yet. He said, come to New York. We'll do it in, in Tribeca at, you know, at my, at, at the, the film center there. And, and, uh, yeah, we'll, you know, let's, let's get a reading going. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we got on a plane, went to New York. We had a, a socially distanced table read. Everyone got tested. It was a whole thing. Um, and he and Sebastian were sitting next to each other, six feet apart. And I could see that it was going to work. You know, that they had chemistry, that even though Bob was New York and Sebastian's Chicago, it still worked. They still spoke this like Italian masculine language (laughs) that just worked. And so um, after that reading, I talked to Bob and he agreed to sign on and then um, worked with him. Basically, from then on, we, we talked I mean, and there were months of where, as you know, we, we were waiting for the green line. <laughs> and, um, but I, I was kind of working on it throughout that time. And, and um, I did oral history interviews with Sebastian's dad. You know, we're in lockdown. It was like just four hours of Zooming with, I was, it was good. And I sent it to Bob and he really appreciated it because he was able to kind of see who Salvo was and how he moved and, and, you know, what, what he's like, cause he's, he's a specific flavor, you know? Um, and then as we got closer to production, Bob and I would talk like once a week, how's it going? How's 
you know, how's the cast shaping up? How, how are we doing in terms of locations? And, and, um, so it was a very, very collaborative, you know, when, by the time he was on set, you know, we didn't have any rehearsal time. We shot the movie in 32 days and I had 25 days with Bob. So by the time he was on set, it was really important that we did all that prep because we were kind of lockstep. Um, so, um, when you're working with him, um, and I've gotten to work with him a handful of times, um, the, uh, the, does this, do you, do you feel like this at all? That like, it's a combination of, um, somebody who's like really present and like, I mean, I, that, um, you're making the film, but also there's like a way you conduct yourself on set and there's a way that you care about things. Um, and at the same time you're touching base with this like third rail of like film history. Um, if I was going to turn that into a question as opposed to like a self-indulgent, um, comment, um, uh, I guess my question is, um, were you ever sort of like, uh, daunted or did you ever sort of like step outside it or was it just a comfortable enough, you know, thing that it was just like, uh, the sort of collaboration you might have with another actor? That's a great question. I never really felt daunted, um, because Bob is such a, um, perfect collaborator and he makes you feel so comfortable. He made everyone feel comfortable. And I feel like everyone in the cast was made better because they were working with him. You know, everybody just sort of, it, he just raised everyone up. Um, and so it was never daunting. It was more like, you know, there'd be days where I'd be like, holy shit, I'm, telling De Niro how to do a spoon and egg race. What the, you know, who knew, like, I, you know, who knew I'd ever be sitting here at the DGA? Like, this is, this is crazy. So, um, it just, you know, it's, it's moments like that. Um, shifting over to Sebastian, um, he'd done sort of, uh, supporting roles in films before, but this was the first role where he, um, was, in that much of the movie. Um, what was that like? Uh, how did you approach working with somebody who this was a very new thing for them? Well, you know, I started out as doing indie films in New York. So I've worked with a lot of non-actors or actor adjacent or comedians. <laughs> My first film actually starred a comedian, uh, Wyatt Cenac, who is also a, a really talented actor. And so I feel like, um, he's just sort of natural. I think comedians are natural actors. Um, I think he was, uh, you know, he, he definitely was, was nervous about it because it's not only is he playing a sort of version of himself, but then he's playing opposite one of the greatest actors of all time. <laughs> that, that, that'll make anyone a little, um, a little nervous. So, uh, but he, he just came to it open and, willing to take direction and, and work through moments. And, um, I really appreciate that, you know, this is like his starring vehicle and yet he kind of wrote it for Bob, you know, it's like he wrote it for the, for the father. It's, it's yeah. really the father's movie. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think he also just really wanted to write that love letter to his father. And, and so, we, we were very aligned in, in that way. Yeah. I think the thing with comedians is, um, the nature of what they do on stage is often like they take something and then they refine it and refine it and refine it. And they're listening to an audience, but they're not playing off anyone else. 
And um, so I think the hard thing with some comedians is like some can more easily do it than others, which is to listen in a scene. Like, cause that's not part of what they do. Um, uh, did you find that Sebastian was approaching things or acting differently at the end of the shoot from the beginning of the shoot? Like, was there a sort of a learning curve during the filming? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all learned a lot during the filming cause we all were working with the greatest, you know, one of the greatest living actors. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, by the end of the shoot, I feel like he had gained confidence and, you know, we, we put off that plane scene until the bitter, bitter end. Like we, it was like the last thing we shot. It was, I think it was the last day of the shoot and it was, you know, this big loaded day and we knew it was going to be a big loaded day. And we started it and, you know, I often like will work with an actor, uh, just with the physical cues. Like I was like, okay, run over there and then run back. So like get a, you know, cause you've been running. And so he's, he's running all over the place and he gets on his mark and he just goes blank. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, and he's, so he's, he's going through line, line, you know, and it's, and it's so rough. And, and then I'm looking at De Niro's side cause we're, we cross shot that scene and, and it's like, my heart is breaking. I'm crying. Like <laughs> it was so, and so after that, that first take, I mean, we basically had De Niro's side of the scene. And, um, and so I could tell Sebastian was struggling and, and he was like, I'm going to go on the plane. I'm going to go on. The, I, I got to go talk to Bob. And, and he goes on the plane and I'm like sitting there and I'm God, what, what, what do I do? What, you know, how do I handle this situation? And he comes off the plane sobbing (laughs) and he's like, let's go, let's go, let's go. (laughs) And so we got the kind of really dramatic teary version and the, the final, you know, is a, a combination of the two. And did you ever find out what Bob had said to him or vice versa? And are you allowed to say? Yeah. I mean, I, I told Sebastian, it's, you know, just, just think about, it's that thing of being present, you know, that's so hard. And especially in a really dramatic scene, I mean, I could, I could, I could never do that. (laughs) And so he got on the plane with Bob and he said, I just can't do it. I can't cry. How how do you, you know, and Bob was like, you know, I think about my own son and I, and, and, and he started getting emotional and then Sebastian started getting emotional and then he got off the plane and did the scene. That's great. Um, uh, can you talk at all about some of the challenges of filming? And I, I know there were a few challenges. Yes, we, uh, we, we had what we called the curse of the pavone on this shoot. Um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> it's, it, uh, peacocks actually are considered bad luck in, in Sicily. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> some, somehow that rubbed off on us, but we, we ended up, you know, we made the movie, but, uh, we shot it in Mobile, Alabama. As I said, we had 32 days, but only 25 with De Niro. And, um, it, I got there in August and, you know, you get off the plane and you get in the rental car and it's, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> and then, you get out of the rental car and you're like, wow, I'm drenched. You know, it, it was like 105 and uh, humid, 100% humidity all through prep. Then during the shoot, it was hurricane season. So it rained every day. And not like 
oh, a little, a little afternoon rain. Like we're talking eight hours. Like we, we, we shut down one day for eight hours because of lightning strikes. So every time there's a lightning strike within a certain radius, you have to, everything stops. And so the whole crew is like in that mansion playing cards, hanging out. And I'm just like, oh my God, like what are we going to do? We're just losing days to rain. And, uh, and it was a nightmare for our DP because the mornings would be foggy. You know, you couldn't even see like 10 feet in front of you. And then the sun would come through and it would just cut through and burn off. And then you've got this like heavy, heavy, harsh sun. And then the storm clouds would roll in and the rain would start and, and like, it'll drive any DP insane. So, um, lighting continuity was really difficult. You know, mobile, probably not a place to shoot a movie. <laughs> um, yeah. And didn't one of the actors have like an accident, like while yes. working out, while lifting yes. weights or something? Le Le Leslie Bibb uh, was playing, was using a medicine ball working out and it bounced and hit her in the face. So she, her lip was cut open. So we lost like a day, you know, of, we lost her for a day to that. Bob got sick oh, yeah. uh, later in the shoot and we lost a few, you know, it was just like, Again, and oh, and we narrowly averted that IATSE strike where everybody, you know, that Friday was like, I'm so, so sad to leave the show. I'm really going to miss you. And everyone's like saying their goodbyes. And then the strike was averted and Monday morning, everybody comes back and it's like, you know, we're <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was a really, really hard shoot. Um, and right now you're working on something extremely different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you up for telling? Sure. Yeah. I, I, um, during the pandemic, I started, uh, talking to a, a friend named Joseph Keckler. He's a performance artist and a writer and a singer. And we started talking about well, what would a special look like, you know? And, um, and so it's an experimental, um, it's an experimental film. There's some dance. There's a lot of direct to camera. It's sort of Spalding Gray esque. Uh, it's very different than this. <laughs> is that kind of liberating going from one thing to an extreme? It's nice thing? because, you know, this is very much a studio movie and that comes with its own set of expectations. And, and, you know, there's just a lot of cooks. And with this, it's just me and Joseph and we're just making something. And, and it's, it's nice to have both, you know, at once. Yeah. Thank you all for coming. Really appreciate oh, it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. And then thank you, Laura. Thanks for this lovely thank comment. You. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thanks okay. for having us. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America.